Welcome to Kino Society with Owen Shapiro. In today's episode, we have Julius Horshaus, a digital artist. He worked for several years for different post-production companies, Revolver, Carbon, and Hectic Electric. He took creative supervision on what was the most VFX-heavy film in the Netherlands, Koning van Katoren. Welcome to Kino Society, Julius. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. So why did you choose to have a career in digital art or just film in general? I was always fascinated by film. Ever since I was a, a, as, as a small kid, uh, I, I was very much into uh, um, really like the visual effects type of you know, like visual effects, heavy films. Uh, I think I watched like Back to the Future 2 and Terminator 2 like a million times and always try to recreate it with an old uh, VHS camcorder back in the 90s. And I actually, I think ever since I was like tw- about 12 years old, I think I knew I wanted to do something in film. I wanted to direct. I wanted to to just be there. So it's just something that some people figure out later in their life, but I figured out pretty early in life that, that I wanted to, uh, to make like cool looking visuals. Uh, and I thought film was the way to go with that. So what's a regular workday like for you? Well, right now it's, it's, uh, it's completely different. I, I went a long way from working in film um, first uh, on the film set and then later in post-production visual effects. But now I, do n- I, I no longer work in film. I, I am uh, a visual artist specializes in fractals. Uh, and I see fractals very much as if they were um, uh, scenes from films or uh, environments or sets. Rather, so a regular workday for me would be um, I get up, I check my renders for the night because I'm uh, always constantly rendering these fractals. It takes a, a, it's a 24 hour render work. Uh, you know, it's a lot of render checking um, and seeing uh, if I can composite something with it. And it really, really, really depends on the, on the type of project that I'm working on. It can be an exhibition. Um, it can be uh, something else. I can be doing something for my social media, or I can be doing like some design work for films, which is I'm which I'm still doing. So it really it's very varied. It's it's really varied. Doesn't seem like it would be affected by COVID too much, was it? I was quite lucky with that. Yes, I was affected a little bit. I I also did a lot of so like exhibitions and also for events doing visuals and those things all sort of. You know, like a year ago in uh, March 2020, everything sort of, you know, stopped. Uh, the, the world stopped spinning. Um, but it it very quickly, I got other things that I could that I could do indeed. Um, everything that's online, making music videos, for instance. Uh, yeah, working on, on, on films all from home, of course, or my studio, which is in my house. Yes, that all continued. So that, that, that was super easy to, uh, to just continue with that. So you've also worked in several countries and for very different kinds of films. Yeah. So what is the difference between the filmmaking in different countries and the way that just generally they make movies? Yeah. So I've mainly worked in the Netherlands on film sets. I did indeed work on an international film uh, like Manchester by the Sea, but this was all post-production work and this was all done 
um, remotely. So I was not on the set of that film. So the most uh, things I've done when I was working for film and visual effects were in the Netherlands. But now I am doing more and more. I'm working sometimes as, you know, design with American companies. The difference, of course, is, and this is just really a difference between the Netherlands and the United States that I notice, is the Netherlands is just a small country. The budgets are lower. Um, and there is a, just a little bit of a different, how would, how would I say that? A different uh, kind of uh, attitude, I guess. I think the Dutch are kind of, maybe this is because I'm Dutch myself, but are, they're easily um, satisfied with something. Whereas in, um, in the United States, uh, it really has to be, it really has to be top notch. It really has to. Um, so you feel more when you're working with, uh, with, with, with Americans, you feel much more motivated to really get, get the best out of it. This is why I think it's much in, more interesting to work for international type of things. And here with the Dutch, they have been quite small projects usually. Um, even when there are large projects, they were still relatively, um, I mean, they're relatively large, but they're uh, small if you look at the, uh, if you would compare it with, uh, with international productions. So do you have any common creative conflicts with any other people involved on your projects, like maybe director? Have I ever had creative conflict with someone? I, I don't think I've had creative conflicts. I've had conflicts that were more uh, like how much time do we allocate on a specific scene, like that kind of things. Uh, or maybe just a bit like a different vision, like how I was when I was doing the film you mentioned, Koning van Katoren, we had to do 850 visual effect shots for relatively low budget it was still high budget but i mean it wasn't it wasn't great i mean for 850 shots so you need to sort of adapt a different kind of attitude in order to make that happen in order to like you could just you don't have the time to polish you know each shot to perfection so you have to sort of find a way to still do it that it doesn't matter that people will be forgiving in a way that you know the the and and that and that was sort of sometimes creating some conflict some people wanted to just make the best shots but if you want to make the best shots you can only i don't know you can only deliver 100 shots instead of the 800 shots that you need to do so that kind of conflict um happened but not um creatively but that's usually because as a creative person i usually work alone so there's nobody to to conflict <laughs> with yeah <laughs> So how do you think visual effects have evolved or changed over the years? Um, how have visual effects changed over the years? There is, obviously, if you look at, there is, when it comes to visual effects, it started a lot in, in sort of special effects, on-screen effects. Those were great miniatures. Um, then there was the big digital boom started, starting maybe with Jurassic Park in 1993. Um, things getting a lot more digital and then everyone thought that you could make everything with digital. Uh, and I think now there's a sort of like a backlash, you know, people are going back to doing, um, to doing visual effects using, you know, special effects using, using in-camera uh, effects because they realize that the, you know, you can't make perfection with, you can't look at, make it look really, really realistic with purely digital effects. Now, that's one side that I think 
you know, people realize. And then, of course, with digital effects, you can do things that you just cannot do in miniatures, you know, things that aren't supposed to look realistic, you know, like other other kinds of worlds. Those are things that you can make with digital effects. And this is also something that I have sort of that's the avenue that I've explored a little bit, you know, with with fractals doing things that are just impossible to do, not just very expensive to do in real life, but just impossible to do. So there is, I think, these two big branches of in visual effects, one going back to trying to do as much in camera as possible. I mean, if you look at all the Christopher Nolan movies, they look amazing. He's trying to do everything real and then really sort of innovative, cool digital effects that are just that are just specific to what a computer can do. I think those are the two main interesting things that I've seen happen over the last, let's say, decade. So more about fractals. Um, do you think that working in film helped you quite a bit with fractals? Yes, absolutely. There is not, I think I'm, there's not many fractal artists that have a background in film. And uh, this is something that I've sort of brought to the table a little bit when it comes to that with fractals you can very you can it's very abstract it's they can make you can make all the colors you can do it's 3d fractal so you can you know do lots of crazy camera work etc um and i what i've learned over the over about a period of about um 16 17 years working in film is i've learned to 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 work with light with cameras with editing and what i think is interesting is when you go to this sort of really this 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 abstract dimension of things that people have never seen and the kind of weird kind of alien looking shapes that people have never seen is that you try to frame it in a way that people know from filmmaking so you know you use the language of cinematography use the language of lighting where you put the camera how you frame things how you edit it like what kind of you know cinematic music you play with it all those tricks from filmmaking sort of applying them to this really abstract world i think that is a, that it, that is the angle i'm bringing to it and that is something that that i could have not never done had i not been um trained um in film so you think VFX are closer to an artistic, like you need more artistic talent to work in VFX or is it a bit more heavy on the technical side? I think you really need both. Uh, it's, it, it's very much both. And I, I, when I was working in visual effects, I was the person who was really doing more creative stuff than technical stuff. I was able to do some of the technical stuff, but I've, found most of it boring and I would try to you know, always bend the rules in order to sort of get something creatively. And I, and sometimes you would skip a couple of, you know, necessary technical steps just because it would take too long. Most people in visual effects are much more on the technical side. I, I noticed they want to do it perfectly. They want to sort of have a nice workflow, a great pipeline. Um, they script a little bit on the side so that their tools do exactly what they, what they need them to uh you really need both um i don't think that visual effects you know it's 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 really yin and yang it, it's it's like i would want to see more creative visual effects for sure knowing that just pe creative people uh isn't going to solve that that problem you you're gonna you're really gonna need both so something i hear a lot in modern day is that vfx can pretty much if you had the money it can pretty much 
do anything that traditional 2D animation can do. Any, everything can be live action if you have the budgets. Do you think that's true? No, that can't be true. And it can't, I mean, you're talking about like all the, all the, all the remakes of uh, all, all the Disney, you know, all the, the Lion King and, and, and all these kind of things. It can do what 2D animation can do, but it cannot bring the, the looks of 2D animation. Uh, it cannot, you know, there, there is something about 2D animation that, that is specific to that medium or, or that technique. You can't replicate that and you shouldn't want to. It's, it's, it's a different thing. It's like um, saying, you know, a theater can do everything that a book can do. Like it might, like you could literally read, you know, the book on stage, but it's a different experience. It's a different, I don't think you could compare the two. And there will always be a place for 2D animation. There's, 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 uh, you know, today, you know, people working on, on old school techniques with doing incredibly imaginative stuff with traditional 2D animation techniques that won't go away. I don't see that. Yeah, I definitely heavily agree. I don't really know why people are even bothering to watch like all those Disney remakes. They just don't make sense to me. Well, you can remake something, but you need to then do something different with it. You you could say, well, you know, there is an interesting an interesting uh, aspect. You don't try to replicate the thing with the exact same emotions. You try to, you know, I'm not against remakes at all. I think you, there's, a, there's amazing things to do, but you need to give it something differently. Like The Lion King, indeed, like really didn't do that. But there is, there is potential if you do it right. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Or do you work with a cinematographer for visual continuity? Quite rarely, in fact. The films that I've worked on, it's quite... I was surprised by how little... The cinematographer, or even commercials, uh, worked more. I think I, I did more commercials um, than than films. Surprised how little the cinematographer is involved in the in in even a little bit of the post um, production process. So you would have you would have a cameraman who filmed the entire show, and then with one shot would be visual effects, and it needed to be seamless. It needed to be completely believable. And then the first thing I would think is, well, I need to talk to the cinematographer, the cameraman, who you know, to, because we need to what lenses did he use? What kind of? Very rarely would the producer and the director sort of facilitate that communication. At least in um, in the Netherlands, that wasn't the case, uh, except for the Koning van Katora film that I did. Uh, I, I did spend a lot of creative time with the cinematographer and he was involved in the entire post-production process it was a great collaboration his name is Reinier van Brummelen um, and he he's a he's, he's really very creative cameraman doing amazing things but in my country unfortunately I thought I thought that was that was quite rare but maybe I didn't get to work on on the, on the right shows where they do do that right now doing fractal art I do work on films not that often, but I do the, I do some design work and, and some other work. I don't think I've been really collaborating or even discussing things with the uh, cinematographer. It's usually just a direct. What's the most challenging visual effect you've ever worked on? Uh, that probably must have been in the um, in the in the Koning van Katora film. Very creative kind of things. They they needed a, a monster. They needed a dragon in that film. This was the film where the budget was limited. The one where you had to do 850 visual effect shots. There was in the book. This is also a remake from a book. And there is a this 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 monster, this dragon monster in the and that is sort of created by pollution. It's like a metaphor for pollution. You know, people you had to fight pollution, but the the, 
he had to fight a dragon. The director wanted to be the dragon to be made out of of of, of pollution, um, and because we couldn't really make a real realistically great looking dragon Game of Thrones style, just the budget wasn't there. We sort of looked for creative ways, and we sort of ended up with a sort of a monster that was made up out of you know old oil barrels and and. Um, uh, garbage basically and it didn't look specifically like a dragon it didn't have a head or any eyes it was just this this big blob of oil and dirt and this was a great fun thing to explore but also the whole creative process by getting there like how do you you know if you don't have a budget for a dragon how do you still get something that's interesting and that's sort of menacing and dangerous with a budget that you can uh, do it would, so that was a really a really great um project and it was challenging for sure so are there any particular genres or kinds of film that you enjoy doing most like any just any preferences so yeah what i would like to do as it not but like now i i don't do uh, visual effects supervising anymore because i've really focused now on 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 fractal art as a as a visual artist so i wouldn't want to be involved as a vfx supervisor on a film anymore um but if someone would ask me do you want to make fractals for a specific film then then there was definitely some genres where i would like to be involved in i'm a big fan of 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 like let's say intelligent thriller type types of film i'm a big fan of christopher nolan so films like that would 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 be would be great to work on but of course you know when it comes to that any kind of sort of big budget film is interesting because they would have the kind of budget to create the, these um, otherworldly looking environments. So I'm not a big, these superhero films, they're interesting, but definitely just very imaginative films. And I think Christopher Nolan is a great, great example of that. So do you have any favorite movies or directors? Right. So yeah, I mentioned Christopher Nolan. Other favorite directors would be, you know, when it comes to sort of big budget films, uh, James Cameron, for sure, uh, David Fincher. And when it comes to sort of, other films that I really enjoy, I'm a big fan of Richard Linklater, who did um, Before Sunrise and Boyhood, and a big Tarantino fan as well. <laughs> so I think that's the sort of, those directors are definitely, um, they've, they've influenced me a lot um, in the past and, and, and still today. What would you say to someone who wants to enter the world of cinema? Yeah, this is hard. When I wanted to enter the world of cinema and I was 100% sure about it, I applied to film school three separate times. When I was, once I was 18, I think when I was 21 and maybe again when I was 22. And I got rejected all three times. Um, never said specifically why. So that's when, that's when I just started working on the film set just to learn uh, the things on the job. If you want to get there and you can't just start doing it for me it wasn't even it was just automatic like okay i want to do film i need to be you know even if i was just doing just you know cable carrying or whatever like the, the most mundane or even like traffic you know holding the traffic or something that's the, the you know the very first types of jobs that you can get on the film set yet i mean that is something that's extremely important so you, you need to understand the language you need to understand all the all the different uh, the etiquette on the film set and yeah, everything so that is something i would definitely uh, you know say some people when it comes to visual effects or that kind of stuff they they're they're working on their show reels everyone needs to have the best show reel and um, my advice is just to do a lot you know it doesn't, you'll manage your show reel. Your show reel will reflect what your work is like, is, you know, no, regardless. 
um, of course, you need to have a good reel. But what you want to do is you just want to just work a lot, you know, just understand it, do it a little, and do different things. Don't try, you know, do what everyone else is doing. I think this is in visual effects, especially, you know, and everyone is like doing the specific part of the thing and it looks great. So you want to try it and it's good to, to learn, but try it. Was, at the moment that you think, oh, I could do something a little different or try something that other people aren't trying, try to sort of develop your own skills. And this can be on the film set as well, I guess. I mean, this is when you want to do something creative uh, for, for sure. I guess this applies to lots of creative uh, things. But uh, yeah, you just got to make your hours. You got to have your 10,000 hours, uh, as, you know, at some point. Otherwise, you're not going to succeed, I guess. You're not going to be, you're not going to excel, I should say. Well, what would you say to someone who's interested in doing fractals? Same thing. <laughs> I, I would, I would uh, say exactly the same thing. It's uh, uh, you want to just play a lot with the software or maybe if you, don't like for me i'm just a software user but other people are interested in fractals and they can code so they might want to write their own fractal software get something you know get your own specific look at some point but before you're you're, you're there you should probably just try and do many different things but the key to all of it is the enjoyment like if someone is enjoying it you're going to do it automatically i mean you shouldn't tell yourself to go do every, you know, get, you know, to do it. It's just something that happens if you enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, find something, you know, that you do. And if you enjoy it, you're probably going to do a lot of it anyway. Um, so that I think is important. Do you have any current projects? For sure. I, yeah. Um, well, currently right now I have a, a, an exhibition. This is like a digital uh, exhibition that projects 270 degree, almost 360 degree uh, projection, super high resolution, 16K projectors. Uh, it's in Art Tech House, New York City. It's at the Chelsea Market in uh, Manhattan. Uh, and it's open till till September. And this is uh, something where people can enjoy fractals, being immersed in fractals. This is a project I've worked on for the last year. Um, it was an extremely uh, challenging but great project to do. And I'm working on, uh, on, on other exhibitions at the moment. I'm working on full dome projects. So um, cinemas that are, you know, uh, 180 degree uh, domes like planetariums. That is, and that is, that is what I'm doing mostly. Yeah. So last but not least, how can my listeners connect with you? Yeah. So best place to, it's very difficult to, talk about my work if you haven't seen it but best place to see it is on my website or on my instagram or on my vimeo uh and they all they're all easily you can find them easily by just googling uh, or typing my name anywhere my name is a little bit difficult it's julius and then it's h-o-r-s-t-h-u-i-s it's horst house that is and i'm on on all the other kind of social media um and so that's 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 how you find me. That's all for today. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Don't forget you can subscribe to Kinder Society on iTunes and Spotify. Mm-hmm.